This is Jason Spizak, and I play the Joker and Kid Flash and Forager and Hal Jordan and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you're watching Two Dads podcast, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Two Dads and a podcast. Welcome. Welcome tonight, today, this morning, podcast. this afternoon, this evening, today, today. today. Hello. We, we have a wonderful... Wonderful to interview to share with you guys. Jason Spizak. Jason Spizak. We talked with Jason Spizak. <laughs> he is, man, he is so, so iconic with like the, the characters that he has gotten to play over the you years. Know, he, he started on early out a lot of anime and a he lot did. of anime we love. Yeah. He was uh, real. Zatch Who? Bell. In, Do oh, you yeah. guys remember an anime called Zatch Bell? <laughs> yeah man he was the main character in, in zatch bell for a short period eventually he he oh, was it, it was like a 63 episodes he was in there it was it was a decent chunk yeah of it. yeah he was in there a decent amount and then he did uh ryohu in s cryed which is which one is of our, our favorite animes of all time three. top three yeah. for both of us yes loved it and he's been so many iconic characters including deadpool Hal Joker, Hal Jordan, Kid Flash. He's played. He was one of the the Hell priests in Doom Eternal. He had which a recurring was amazing. role in the Clone Wars, Star Wars. Yep, he was Lux in the Clone Wars. He's been in so many amazing things, and we had the incredible pleasure of sitting down and talking with him. And we're yeah. here to share that with you. Fun guy to talk to. So sit back, relax, guys. So you sit back and relax, guys. And enjoy the interview. Enjoy that interview. Hello, sir. <laughs> okay, like, I really did not calculate how much time I needed to get to the place I need to be this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's so all good. <laughs> I'm literally like 90 seconds around the corner here, so I'm uh, uh, I'm headed out to the property that I'm building I a year ago, I decided I needed to design from scratch and build a net zero energy, sustainable, carbon neutral house for a friend of mine. Who oh, nice. Autistic daughter and works for the public school district. So I, uh, that's where I'm headed. Because after your meeting, I got to meet the uh, certified solar installer who will check and make sure I've wired everything up correctly so I don't blow the place up. <laughs> <laughs> right. That wouldn't be good, probably. No. I mean, all that hard work. <laughs> literally up in smoke that would suck so i'm just like around the corner but i wanted to call so you guys wouldn't wonder oh no worries man <laughs> so let me uh get my headset and uh that way you guys can have better audio and uh yeah my stuff here let's see we'll do why am I holding it up to my face? It's a Zoom call. I literally changed to treating it like a phone call. <laughs> that was great. I was like, yeah, dudes. How does the inside of my ear look? Pretty good? Yeah, man. Yeah, good thing the hands-free portion is done. You can finally hold it up to your face. So anyway, I mean, I don't know what we're what we're chatting about. When, uh, I'm here to <laughs> chit-chat about things. I have yellow things coming out of the back of my head. This is exciting. Well, I mean, we we started a podcast a while back, started throwing out emails like, hey, do you want to talk to us? Some people yeah. said yes, and you happen to be one of those people. So, yeah. How long have you guys been doing your podcast? Uh, August. Yeah. That's August. it? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, it's been a wild ride too. We never expected to get half the people that we've we've talked to. We've uh, um, isn't that cool? Yeah, voiceover people are cool. I don't know who else. Oh yeah, well, cool cool and apparently very bored. Yeah. Well, cording at home now because of COVID and everything. Right. So I mean, we like, right. yelled at. We were, I I was trying to be polite, um, talking to Billy West, and like, uh-huh. you know, he's you, you must be a busy guy. You must have some interviews to do. He's like, what? You're too fucking good to stick around and talk to me. I'm like, well, <laughs> he did too. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll do he, it. He he's hilarious. Yeah, man. Any t- chance <laughs> I've gotten a chance to work with him or just sit with him and talk, and he can be quite cantankerous. <laughs> like he can be he can be like abrasive and uh derisive in ways that you're just like thrown aback for a second you're like oh yeah because he's not a dick that's just who he is he just loves oh, yeah. to ride the edge of comfortable i think yeah. that's uh, the growing up more on the comedian side yeah before getting into the voiceover side kind of right grinds right. out those uh those edges but yeah uh, and that it, there is a style like if you were vulnerable at all on stage when they were coming up you would have been eaten alive yeah and these right. days like stand-up comics some of them especially recently there's you almost have to have just a little bit of vulnerability like just a little right and yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting I, I actually went to la to be a stand-up comic so i lived in lancaster for a little bit and we would drive down whatever it is, almost the hour and a half or so to get just wait in line for the open mic at the Laugh Factory in the comedy store and oh, wow. played. Yeah. And so I, when I first came to LA, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, it's just, what a scene, what a crazy, crazy way to think you're going to make a living or, <laughs> you know, be a, be a form of artistic expression. I mean, it wasn't for me. I mean, I 930 rolls around and I'm like, I'm not a night owl at all. And uh, so, like, I'd end up at one o'clock up on stage, and I don't even know if I was coherent at that point. Oh, so, yeah. Well, sometimes that's when you're the funniest, though, right? Just... Yeah, not me. No, because <laughs> narcolepsy isn't funny. It's funny for like five seconds, and then I don't <laughs> have narcolepsy. The and... <laughs> but, but then, yeah, I, I was doing this routine one time at the Ice House and uh, in Pasadena. And I just thought it would be so funny to put the trash can that was on stage over my head and do an impersonation of Bill Clinton going to jail. And <laughs> when I went to put the trash can over my head, it sliced my thumb open. Oh, and no. Every, you cannot be funny while the audience is worried for your safety and their safety. It's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, there were many lowlights in my short stand-up comedy career. I mean, there were some highlights. Like, you're, I was in front of a room at... 300 people at the coach house and yeah. own the place. And it was like the most incredible feeling in the world. So, but uh, that was just not how I was going to end up doing my art <laughs> professionally voiceover. I've always been able to do voices, but uh, I just fell into it. I just wanted any way of working. Yeah. I was a bottle rocket pointed at Los Angeles. And I was like, I'm going to do this thing. Right. Remember young and naive and trying everything. I had made a cassette tape, cassette tape. I had made a cassette tape of these, <laughs> these voices that I did in this cartoon that I wrote. And I, I was passing it around town and nobody wanted to pay attention to me at all. And so finally, I, I kept sticking my head into the, I, I got a commercial agent, SBV, uh, in LA for on-camera commercials. And they had a voiceover department 
a rather famous voiceover department. Like Troy Baker was represented by them all the way up until oh, wow. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, I would always stick my head in to the voiceover department when I was walking in to the commercial uh, division and just make funny voices and say hello and just, just annoy like the shit right? of them. Absolutely. <laughs> annoy the crap out of them. And they told eventually one day they were like, all right, Jason, we have this non-union voiceover thing since I was non-union at the time for sightings. It was a, a paranormal show. Oh, like UFO type. Like, yeah. Like on Paramount, I think. Oh, nice. And uh, they're like, you have to call this phone number, read this couple of lines. You're a young Hebrew kid. You saw this UFO here, do it. And so I found a friend of mine, not Jewish. <laughs> I found a friend of mine who, you know, was Jewish and went to Hebrew school. And I was like, Hey, could you do a Hebrew accent for me? And Oh God, I sound like I was 18 at the time. I think I was, I was like 20. Um, and he did. And I called and I left a message and they said, Okay, yeah, he got the role, but just tell him just not so hard, no thick on the accent. That's <laughs> like we can barely understand him. <laughs> and so after that, I said to them, hey, look, I booked this role. Can you give me a general? And a general was a way where you would go in and read copy for them and animation or commercial auditioning for the agency. Yeah. So I, they gave me a general. And I did absolutely terrible at reading commercial copy. And <laughs> I did great at doing these crazy voices. And they're like, eh, we'll represent you for a year. So they did. I didn't book a single thing. <laughs> and then they dropped me. And I was like, oh, no, no my career oh, no. is over before it has begun. No. <laughs> and uh, I went to see one of the casting directors that saw me while I was with SPV was Elaine Craig and she, her casting studio does a lot of work out of LA and she gave me a chance when I did not have an agent. I just called there and said, look, SPV dropped me. But if you guys have anything that comes by that might be right for me, can you just call me in? And she did. So I actually think she is quite responsible for my career. So we can blame because her. Because not, not only, and I've told her this since then, because I've gone in now that I've been 23 years in the business and I've gone in, I think it was just a few years ago. And I was like, hey, Elaine, just so you know, like you're the reason that I got to play the Joker and Kid Flash and my IMDb is, you know, 30 pages long. She's <laughs> like, really? I go, yeah, just wanted to thank you for taking a chance on me. And I just, I got to t tell it to her face that she was responsible for really me starting out because she called me in for an AM PM audition and a seven 11 audition while yeah. I had no agent, which is not completely unheard of, but pretty unheard of at the time in the situation. And I actually booked them without <laughs> an agent. Oh yeah, and, So that was awesome. And then, when I was in there, I was like, look, if you guys know any voiceover agents that, you know, need somebody of my timbre, then yeah. just let me know. And sure enough, after, I don't know, I think it was six to eight months without an agent wondering if I should go home. I got a call and Elaine Craig said, here, we'll pass your contact. We'll pass your info on to uh, TGI, 
which became Vox, which is my current agent. I've been with them for 20 plus years now. Oh, okay. And I said, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And then I went in and I did, it wasn't a general, it was just a meeting with all the agents at TGI. And within 30 minutes, I had them all laughing in the room and everything. It was much less of a detached experience than it was at SBV. It was yeah. very much, they got in the room, they saw my personality, they saw what I could do in the room with them and just had them all rolling and everything. And they, uh, a week later, I was on Nickelodeon on Rocket Power. Yeah. Oh, hell See, that's, yeah, dude. That's <laughs> probably one of and the first it. things. So, uh, so it's like, boom. after that, it was a lot easier, you know. Because a lot of a lot of your earlier works uh, with with the Rocket Power and the Escrad yeah. and the Initial Tony Hawk D. Underground Two Zatch Bell Tony I, Hawk Underground Two. You know what I played in Tony Hawk Underground Two? <laughs> Have Polly. you played the game? You ever played it? Yeah, game? yeah. yeah I love Polly, the, the Wheels of Fury, Ryan. Yeah. So he's yeah, the guy stuck in the games. chair because he's yeah. always burned himself, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's in traction the entire game. And he's yeah. like, and so I, this is how I did the voice. Polly wheels of fury Ryan. What the yell ass? <laughs> like I put my finger here because he had the headgear and he couldn't talk. Yeah, baby, I'm Polly Wheels of Fury. <laughs> and and that's that's how I did Polly Wheels of Fury Ryan. The only thing I didn't like about that game was it was too short. Right. So it wasn't yeah, a long just, enough game. Yeah, it was it was pretty brief. But I, the, I remember uh, they actually called me for the debut of that game. To kind yeah. of do a remote recording where I was Polly talking to Wee Man and like like ripping on him. <laughs> I was ripping on him as Polly. That was such a fun time, man. Do you from all all the stuffs you've done? Uh, do you watch any of the shows or read any of the manga or comic books from any of the? No, I I don't do, and I don't even play games. I'm like busy. I'm building this house. Here, <laughs> I got two kids, and like. I don't have much free time, yeah. like the word free time, you know, uh, free time is time that someone doesn't pay me to do auditions. It's free time. I, <laughs> I don't have any that I don't have dedicated to something else. So yeah. I, I don't, my daughter, however, is very into manga and, uh, my youngest and loves to draw, also draw the art and, uh, read nice. and, uh, she's a future budding makeup artist too. So, yeah i mean that's present in my family that's yeah. just not me i mean i don't have time to do all that stuff no, um, I but i like it but like <laughs> scried um Ryuho. i i really love the stories like i started out in anime oddly enough like some of the yeah. very first work that i ever did i mean uh tr even transformers rid was an anime version of transformers uh and I did, I really enjoyed a lot of that work. So that's yeah. where I cut my teeth. I cut my teeth in, in anime. No, it was a blast. I, I had the best time. It was so fun working with Jamie Simone. And uh, I still work with him to this day. Yeah. And so, so many wonderful, talented people that I met and got to, you know, you don't really work with people when you're doing dubbing. You're by yourself right. in a booth. But still, you'd pass them when you'd leave the booth. They'd go in or you'd talk to them outside or whatever, you know, and Steve Bloom and James Arnold Taylor. And, you know, uh, it, it was just a, a really fun time. And yeah. uh, a lot of the age of innocence in a way. <laughs> and it was, it was before anime really became what it is today. 
because you know right. the comic cons weren't really a huge thing i mean they were but they were more comic book oriented back then mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i even did some recently tiger and bunny they oh. asked me to come and do that and then disc wars was also an anime thing where i played deadpool so i, I still do from time to time go back to the roots and do a little anime I think like my kids, they probably know you best from the, the Hal Jordan, uh, DC hero girls. Oh they, yeah. They DC superhero. Oh man. I, when I got cast in that, first of all, the, that series had been a web series, I think prior to that, the DC superhero girls. And then this edition for cartoon network, I think it was for, um, was Lauren Faust and she's a genius creator very very funny lady and getting to work with her was just like a bucket list check off and dudes we it's like fourth down and we're ready to go we're not out of it yet like hal jordan he's just so you know why are you even here who are you he's so clueless and he's the he's exactly how how I always pictured Hal Jordan in the comics. <laughs> like, like if you were to do a caricature of who he is, yeah, it's, it's such a perfect send up of who Hal is like in the comics and everything. And right. uh, the fact that he's afraid of <laughs> star Sapphire, like she literally <laughs> scares him to death. You know, is that Carol? Is she here? Oh my God. Like this is mine. <laughs> and he's shaking. I, I just really love the way that they've sent up all those characters you've you've had the the honor of playing quite a few characters in the in the comic book universe you know how jordan the yeah. joker um scorpion you did kid um, flash didn't you? Uh, yeah kid flash some people say i did kid flash <laughs> yeah <laughs> who forager now who's your favorite joker uh if you had to take yourself out of the running i really like hamill's joker and the biggest reason is because if you watch the very first time he ever, uh, Mark ever got to do the Joker in that very first cartoon. Yeah. And then you listen to him in the games where, you know, the, the latest, uh, you know, Arkham game and stuff that you, you just see a wonderful evolution and an incredible breadth of all the different ways that the Joker is still Mark's Joker, but they're not the same. No, they're not even close. So I, I, the reason I would give it to him is because he's like the longest running. It's like somebody playing Hamlet on Broadway for 20 years. Right. And like for some magic reason, they're still playing Hamlet. And it's 20 years later. It would be an incredible run. You'd be like, look at all the different ways that this has been given to us artistically so hard to beat and the the batman hush <laughs> i didn't know they did a movie because i we just you didn't know our, that no one of it's our a great fans, comics yeah one of our fans recommended the comic to me yeah yeah i mean and, it's a, a novel graphic novel more like yeah and when when we got in touch with you i i saw that they did the movie i'm like holy shit that's you didn't really even know cool. that prior to contacting me. Know. Like, nobody knows that I played the Joker in Batman Hush. It's like one of the best. Hush. <laughs> and I, I, I watched it and I, it's so good. It's a yeah. really good portrayal. Yeah. So spoilers for those of you who haven't seen Batman Hush, please go rent it. Please. It's a really well done adaptation. Ernie did such a great job taking what would have been a three hour 
plus treatise and condensing it into a movie that stayed close to the spirit of the of the the graphic novel and i i just huge props to that that is very hard to do as a writer and all the performances are stellar and everything is really great and well my favorite scene that i've acted to date is the alley scene it's just so violent and visceral and enjoyable to (laughs) to to do it really was you know um god that was such a good time too i mean i was literally choking myself in the booth (laughs) <laughs> I can't get a chance to talk to Sam Liu or um, any of the, uh, um, or Wes Gleason, who is the voice director. And I'm literally there, like, you know, I want you to break your code for something I actually did. Like, it's so, I'm choking myself with my hand. And it was just such a good time to, from an artistic perspective, to see what they want it to be, to yeah. see what they want the audience to feel that Batman has become so enraged over a thing that's not even real. Like, right. Like phantoms in your head, conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, who knows, right. This, what they're, what they're saying is that your mind can become so obsessed with a given thing that you can have behavior out of your character. This behavior yeah. very out of Batman's character. And, uh, what a delicious treat to be able to be the guy who brought it to life. So. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and the laugh, of course, you know, when you're, you're panning up and, and that's it, you know? So who's Robin these days? <laughs> you know, the Joker is such a great character to play. Oh, well, Probably. back to the grind, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, speaking of uh, with booths and stuff earlier, one of the, the favorite things we like to ask is, do you have any, like on the job, crazy moments or just very silly, humorous moments. Can you top choking yourself in a booth? Loads. That's hard to top, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, there weren't any complete strangers in the room. Uh, we did have to really kiss on Young Justice season one, which was really weird. Is um. <laughs> So Stephanie Lemlin and I, whose husband is AJ, uh, I love him to death. He's an awesome dude. He's also like a black belt and <laughs> would just tear me apart, like beat me with my own arms. And uh, we get to this point in the reading where Greg, uh, Greg and Brandon had told Jamie Tom- Thompson, the a voice director that they wanted us to be as real as possible. And so we get to the point where we kiss and she's on a mic over there and I'm on a mic over here. And uh, <clears throat> Jamie goes, okay, Jason, I want you to go over to Stephanie's mic. And I was like, my first thought in my brain was that my mic went dead, that, that my mic was <laughs> yeah. no longer working. And I, I was like, oh yeah, cool. No problem. Uh, I'll go, I'll go over there. No problem. Technical issue. Got it share a mic with stephanie sometimes you do that sometimes you share a mic with another performer if there's too many performers in the room and not enough mics you sit yeah. down till it's your turn and then they sit down and you're sharing a mic so it's not that diff- different and then he basically says to us you know okay go ahead we're both looking at each other like go ahead what <laughs> and uh basically once we both realized what was happening we both turned into like 12 year olds <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You know, and it was so funny, and uh, of course, being the method actor that I am, uh, the first kiss went very well. But I was like, you know, I think we need to do that again. 
<laughs> we can. I don't we think do I got better. it right the first time. We can do it better. <laughs> Anybody goes and searches for Stephanie Lemlin right now, they'll see why. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, it's fun all the time. You're always making jokes. You know. Uh, yeah. We were on season three of Young Justice, and Troy Baker plays uh, Geoforce, and. I saw him coming into the studio and we do shit like this all the time where he sees me through the glass in the studio sitting in there. Cause I got there before him. He says hi to the engineer and stuff. And then there's this moment where you go to walk in the door of the studio, but you can no longer see through the glass. So I was like, Hey buddy, how you doing? And then the moment he went out of view, I got up out of my chair and I ran and I hide behind the door <laughs> <laughs> and he comes into the room and he, he sees his face. It's just like, where the hell Jason going? I go, what's up, dude? He's like, fuck, you know, like, uh it's you know we just we're always being stupid and having a blast well so, ask me anything ask me anything else as, well, as I'm, I'm, as when, when the uh solar uh expert arrives i'll make sure i'll let you guys know probably yeah. be around i don't know 15 20 minutes from now so then musician i i ask everybody what's your mm-hmm. favorite music who's do you have a favorite artist or style or song yeah well i love classical music and although I'm not classically trained, I started playing improvisational piano when I was like eight. Oh. And just, you know, I composed my own theme for orchestra for our, my wedding. Nice. And nice. I don't write music. I just use a chord. I use the chord go one, you know, like uh, uh, I, I love to create music. I don't do it as much these days. Like I said, I just have a lot of things I have to do. So right um i really enjoyed uh techno when i you know so like techno and classical are probably the two things that i you know really liked if i had to look back at my life and say which kind of music did you really enjoy so one of the questions i always like to ask because it kind of makes helps helps people connect a little more is getting into voiceover getting size 28 Uh, I was going uh, to ask. Uh, that that was the next question. Um, now, who was who was one of the first people that you met when you got into that you into this work that you geeked out over like, that you saw like for the first time? First and- person, well, Rob Paulson. So, <laughs> Rob, Rob <laughs> like the the reason why one of the reasons I thought of voiceover as a professional career was because I watched Animaniacs. Yeah. And it was yeah, one of the first times <laughs> that I thought, oh, this this could be a career. You know. Um, I want pancakes or a waffle. This day's awful. Is that all you've got? And <laughs> you know, watching Jess and Hello Nurse. Uh, and watching Paul and Rob rather. I, I feel like it, it flipped a switch that made me think this was possible because I could do the yeah. voices. I could do a Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Like I could literally just do the voices on the show. And I'm like, well, shit, I can do that. Then why don't I try to go do this as a career? Right. Yeah. Um, there was a TV pilot called pizza face that I don't think ever made it to air for MTV. I went in the room, uh, and it was me. Oh God! Uh, who is the guy who played Samwise? 
Sean Lord Astin. of the Rings. Yeah, sorry. Sean Astin and uh, Rob. There's one other person who I can't remember. And I was just like, like I got, I booked this pilot and I was like ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, I'd been on Nickelodeon, I'd been on a few things. So I was like, this is cool. And all of a sudden you're in the room with one of your idols and you go, <laughs> this is for real, bro. This is for real right now. I better, I better bring it. And I remember the whole time thinking, I wonder if he thought I was any good. <laughs> and uh, Did you get to um, ask him if he thought you were any good? No, because that was it. I mean, he left and did his thing or whatever, and it never saw the light of day. However, I have gotten the chance to work with him multiple times throughout my career. And one of my favorite chances to work with him was on Red Lantern, the animated series. I'm sorry, Green Lantern, the animated series, where I played the Red Lantern Razor. Have okay. you guys seen GL Toss at all? Uh-uh. Oh, you got to watch. Green Lantern, the animated series, was a short-lived animated series that Bruce Tim created with Giancarlo Volpe and Jim Krieg. Okay. And Giancarlo did the art and stuff for Airbender um, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Nickelodeon yeah. and did some work on Clone Wars. Yeah. And Jim Krieg is just a devastating, hilarious, and wonderful writer. So they... Rob came in to guest star and play this squid-like creature. And I play this red lantern who actually ends up fighting on the side of the green lanterns. And that day when Rob came in, I said, Hey Rob, just so you know, I'm going to turn your pages for you all day. <laughs> and it's just like one of those respect things you do yeah. for somebody in the business who is, uh, is somebody you look up to is you turn their pages for them. Nobody does this really anymore. Hell, most people use iPads. But <laughs> right. like, I'll click the side of your screen for so you. So <laughs> I, I turned Rob's pages the entire time he was there. And uh, it was nice. We got to have a conversation. I told him how important he was to me. And uh, yeah. he said such nice things, you know, to me. <laughs> that I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I've made it. And Rob says nice things. So. You're like, Yay. Yeah. On the inside, I'm happy. Well, actually, you're you're very talented. You're a very talented man. <laughs> All right, here we go. And take two. What else? You you literally you probably have 10 more minutes with me because there's not not anything happening. Uh, there's <laughs> not coming down the street. Well, uh, so I I wouldn't mind talking me. Star Wars for a little bit. <laughs> sure. No, don't get this have guy on Star Wars. Don't do have, it. Have you heard of it? Starts um, raging. No, yeah, I just so, got done. My, my biggest freak out moment was when I'm, I'm standing there in Clone Wars and I got cast to play Lux. And yeah. um, Dave Filoni, who you know has created The Mandalorian and Rebels, and Dave is standing there and he's giving us the backstory because a lot of episodes of Clone Wars were very political, a lot of right. backstory heavy. So he's, he's speaking for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then I asked him a question about, uh, about Ahsoka and Lux, about whether or not they actually do fall in love, if it's that type of thing. Right. And he goes, well, Jedi's George is 100% sure on this, that Jedi's don't fall in love. And as soon as he said the word George, all I heard was, <laughs> because i was like he's talking about george lucas <laughs> and you know i grew up playing with star wars figures and i'm a huge star wars nerd and uh <laughs> yeah so it was really a so, crazy yeah. moment to realize that he was just 
talking to George about my character and this whole story. Yeah. You know, know yesterday on the phone. It was a great story too. (laughs) Ahsoka, you're ruining my plans. This is a hollow trace device. Anyway, I liked that little mini arc in the, in the story. It was, what did you, would it wrap your storyline within the thing? That was like one of the last two yeah. seasons. Yeah, uh, it, it's he Lux came and went a couple times. Uh, kind of the beginning of the rebellion is kind of where yeah. you left him, and uh, he, you know, just sort of frustrated love with Ahsoka. That's like my, that's my theme between a yeah. lot of the shows that I'm in with Young Justice and Greenland, the animated series. And I always I play like, the guy who doesn't get the girl. I was a little bummed they didn't bring him back for uh, Rebels, the character. Yeah, I was a little bummed too, but I don't think Dave likes the character of Lux. I, I don't. I think he's probably indifferent to me as a person, <laughs> but I think he de- he never liked Lux. He always said things about Lux that were derogatory. <laughs> like he just didn't like this foppish young idiot and you know, Ahsoka's such a badass and it always seems like she's saving Lux's bacon and he's just thinks he's more important than he is. And I just don't think Dave liked the character. Mm. Like, uh, you know, yeah. um, I'm sure they're all his children in a way or another, but I, I'm pretty sure that Lex was not <laughs> high on his list of people he wanted to see ever again. And well, it's just the, it's just how it goes. The, the idea of uh, romance in, in that world. I know you said that. Yeah, it's anathema to that. That they said, you know, Jedis don't fall in love. But I mean, clearly yeah. at one point, Anakin did. I mean, George Lucas. Well, right. That's why he's not a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, that's, I think he's trying to see what happened there. Technically, Ahsoka's not a Jedi either because she walked this away. So well, we right. And that was part of part of the thing, right, is all these different seeds yeah. that lead you to see because she really wanted to have a relationship with Lux. You could right. see it the way they portrayed it. Yeah. And for a Jedi to have that place available to them emotionally where they could fall in love. And it's just like, that's when she knew it just wasn't for her. It's yeah. just one of the many things, right? And it, it's crazy because romance is so tied into all of it from uh, episode sure. one to episode nine with yeah. uh, Ray. And well, Kyle you can't not have a love story. And so to to have that dictate the storyline in such a way, uh, it seems pretty skillful to work it in and it, still it's say tough. it's not allowed. It's yeah, not allowed. it's tough. But I think you that know? it's also real life, right? Like we, yeah. we don't get to control who we fall in love with. Right. We, we really are not the arbiters of that ultimate, our ultimate fate there. And it's yeah. difficult. You'd like to think that you're in control of a lot, you know, uh, as a human. Yeah. Um, and when you fall in love with somebody, you're hopeless. You're helpless. You're kind of uh, along for the ride. Kind of, And that can have its consequences and be ugly. And that's what I do as an actor is try to bring all that to the front to show people that it can be glorious and terrible and unrequited or stilted or not allowed to flourish. And that's what makes these stories enjoyable to watch. It's open to interpretation, just like doing Shakespeare, which I love doing Shakespeare. I'm a huge Shakespeare fan. Uh, It's wildly open to interpretation. And that's okay. That's what the best myths are. I don't think we've met a voice Voice actor actor. that doesn't love Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yep. 
and constantly really? doing plays. Yeah, yeah everybody like, we've talked to, it, well, we've begin asking, and we didn't even bother. I don't know why really? we didn't remember. Is what's your favorite one to act in, and what's your favorite one to watch? Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in its petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays have but lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage, and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot from sound and fury, signifying nothing. That's when the Scottish king's wife dies. So sad. Yeah. So what's your favorite one to watch and what's your favorite one to act in? I think... That is really good. Probably both both a scottish play yeah i think so, so yeah that's i mean the first time we've i like the same answer for both yeah i like hamlet in general but it can be such a grandstanding thing for the guy who plays hamlet mm. right and to yeah. me the delicious relationship between lady macbeth and her husband is just so wonderful to watch because how many times have we as men been weak in a moment where we should be seizing power and only to have our lady say to us, look, dude, if this is what you want, you got to go for it and get yeah. off your butt and do it. And that's yeah. li- that's literally what's happening. Literally, Mady Macbeth is the steel in that relationship forcing against the wind. And Macbeth is like worried about what the consequences are going to be and everything. And he's being manipulated by the witches and you know, does this awful, horrible thing. And then one of his biggest regrets is the fact that he lost the love of his life. Right. I mean, Lady Macbeth is the love of his life. The the reason he got to this place, to, to this height. And without her, there's just not much worth living for because he gained it all for her and for them together. And you know, think of that. Like you spent your time working really, really hard to d- build this wonderful life and you lose your wife. And now what is it all for? You don't have any, you didn't have any kids, you know? Yeah. So my solar installer is here <laughs> on that note. <laughs> all right. Well, we, awesome. a very serious note, you know, so yeah, um, Shakespeare's a blast. So. We sure. always like to, to have our guests do a bump for their, for their episode. Okay, what do you want me to say? Um, so we just do, you know, who you are, characters you play, and then you're listening to Two Dads in a Podcast. Sure. This is Jason Spizak, and I play the Joker and Kid Flash and Forager and Hal Jordan and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you're watching Two Dads Podcast, and it's going to be, it's a, gonna lot be a whole lot of fun. And it was a whole lot of fun. That was absolutely wonderful. Just an Hello. incredible... <laughs> I got some dip. Yeah, we're gonna have to cut that out. I got some dip in. (laughs) It's so hard to sit inside for an hour and not smoke a cigarette. You just gotta have. How you doing, everybody? But it absolutely was a lot of fun. Jason was an absolutely wonderful, intelligent, witty. He was so funny. Like you could definitely tell he had some roots in comedy. One hundred percent. And very. 
you know, a lot of the scenes that, that or a lot of the stuff that we went in depth on got cut out for time. And he has some very one like unique ways of looking at stuff. He he's very aware of himself and how the oh, world definitely, is around definitely him. Is. And he he's very conscious uh especially as a father the way he thinks about things and and how he's thinking about things differently than his kids are thinking about things and and how differently other people are thinking about things and and relating it all back to himself so that he's um he can see things and understand that not everybody's going to have the same viewpoint and that's okay absolutely wonderful wonderful person and incredible voice actor go check out some of the stuff that we mentioned yeah. that he mentioned zatch bell 100 percent. that's uh, the only thing you gotta know go watch <laughs> and, it tonight <laughs> and yeah guys thank you so much for listening and as always you can like subscribe follow on facebook twitter instagram youtube rate and review and we'll see you later we love you guys all of you guys you like my shirt you have a very nice shirt thanks it's mickey mouse is this because of the duck thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>